0: All right, this is episode number two of the Team Rhino Outdoors Muskie Fishing Podcast. If you didn't catch episode number one and you just joined us late, this podcast is a little bit different than my other podcast that we run, the uh, Backlash Podcast that you can find every Wednesday. In this podcast, we talk mostly to manufacturers, and we're talking about gear to help you catch more muskies. You know, every time somebody sees a bait, they might not know exactly, you know, what its intended use was. They don't know what the manufacturer was thinking when they made it or anything like that. They see a bait and they think to themselves, oh, that looks cool, but I don't know what it does. And so they pass on it. So in this one, um, we're going to pick, you know, some of the well-known baits and we're going to explain that. And we're going to go to some of the lesser known baits. And today we're going to do that with Roger Waters from H2O Tackle, and we're going to talk about the Barbarian. As you'll find out in this episode, the Barbarian isn't just a larger lipless crankbait. The Barbarian is actually kind of a uh, multi-use or or Swiss Army type bait in the musky world. And so you can use this one to jig, you can use it to cast, and you can use it to troll. And in this episode, we're going to learn it all about it from Roger himself if you don't know who Roger is, or if you see Roger at a show, take some time out of your day and talk to Roger. Super cool guy who knows just a ton, a ton about musky fishing and lures and how to, you know, how to properly design a lure, how to properly weight a lure to make these baits run. And there's no shortage of testing done before Roger puts something out on the market. He's, um, he's kind of like a, um, like mad scientist type guy, as far as muskie lure creation if you go you know wander around or visit with him you'll learn in short order how uh, how his mind is working and always working to come up with a new lure a new creation a different tool to help put muskies in your net so if you're looking to get your hands on a barbarian you can find them at team we have a whole bunch of their custom colors and we have a few of his stock colors as well And we also have it in both styles, the original Barbarian and the soft tail Barbarian. So again, you can find that at TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. But for now, let's go talk to Roger and see what he has to say about his Barbarian creation. All right, welcome back to another episode. Our guest today is Roger Waters with H2O Tackle. And for anybody that doesn't know Roger, you'll kind of understand. Maybe you'll get a glimpse of it in this podcast, but... Roger's sort of like the uh, mad scientist behind musky bait creation. I think uh, if you have a chance to stop over at his place or you talk to him at a show, you'll realize that how many different ideas he actually has going. Quite honestly, I mean, he's probably got, I don't know, maybe 10 different lure designs at any particular time at various stages. And uh, it's a real treat to talk to him about musky fishing lures because as far as I'm concerned, there's probably almost nobody, I wouldn't say nobody because I don't know everybody, but there's very few people within the industry that have as much in, intimate knowledge on how to make a lure run and what makes a lure tick. So Roger, um, you know, we've been doing the other podcast for a while, and we've never had you on. But I think this podcast suits your, I'd say your abilities in what you can bring to the listening general you know, public more. So thanks a lot for coming on, Roger. I really appreciate it. We've been friends for a long time and so obviously we've had a lot of conversations. Yep. So this should be a good time. Hopefully so. So hopefully so appreciate it. Yeah, well I mean I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Much like everybody else, you are I mean, as busy as they come I know you're retired, but that doesn't mean that you're actually retired and like that you sit around in the recliner and watch TV all day long. I I know how busy you you really are.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, this lure building gets to be all day long and seven days a week sometimes. You just never know. Sometimes I'm out in the shop at eight o'clock at night, epoxying lures for a couple hours. Sometimes I'm up at five o'clock in the morning building lures and you know, it's it's not like a work all day long, but it's back and forth, back and forth. Right. This year, it's kind of like a lot of lure building this year.
0: Oh yeah. I think, so. I think we've all had pretty good years selling fishing lures this year. I mean, I don't know if we wish they could all be as good as this, cause this might be a little too good, but I, I mean, I think we're all happy with where we've been in, in 2020 as far as business wise.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people are happy with the lure, lure sales and, fishing in outdoors and all, all, all together, you know, it's been a good year for a lot of people. Good. People get out, get outside.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so. good for everybody. And hopefully this helps, uh, this year helps springboard people back into the outdoors. If you had lost that, and you know, for whatever variety of reasons, life just gets too busy. Maybe this helps get you back. Uh, maybe, maybe after being on the water this year, you dusted off the boat for the first time in a while and you got back out and you realized, man, I really missed that. or I really enjoy that. Or, and uh, you know, maybe the family got involved this year too, and it's something that they hadn't done and, and now they, uh, they decided they enjoy it too. So it's, it, I mean, let's hope this is a springboard to more people getting outdoors. Cause I think as a whole society's kind of lost its way that way a little bit.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree completely.
0: Well, Roger, the reason I had you on for this episode is I'd like to talk about the barbarian lure. It's a unique lure for if you just look at it from face value, it looks like a a big rattle trap. But I think as we're going to learn here today, it's more than just that. So Roger, let's talk a little bit about the prototyping phase of this one. Was this one of those baits that kind of came together really easily or, or was this one a bit of a struggle?
1: It was not just a snap, boom, bang, and done. It was a little bit of a struggle to get all the weighting correct. Lipless crankbaits aren't as easy as you think. <laughs> I mean, there's just things that you can do to make it real easy, but I wanted something that was a little bit more versatile than just cast it out and retrieve it. I mean, my love for this type of bait came from a long time ago when I was not even into musky fishing with the Cotton Cordell rattle baits that when they came out with them good bait and I always wanted one that was musky size nobody ever made one so I said okay let's make one musky size well so, so that's what he did
0: I was gonna say it certainly looks like you got the job done on that part so Roger what was um when you made this bait obviously there's two versions you got the regular version and you have the soft tail version and we'll talk a little bit about the soft tail version in a moment but what were you, what were you intended for for the use of this as, you know, like what, when you dr- dreamt up the bait, what did you think anglers were going to do with this one? Or what did you want well, out of it?
1: I, I I said I wanted something that was a little bit more versatile and talking to my musky fishing friends, they wanted a, a rattle trap that was a rattle trap type of bait that didn't sink as fast as the bass style baits and they they wanted it to not rattle as loudly as some of the bass baits are so with those criteria in mind I kind of went along with that and I I want to overbuild overbuilt thing so that's why it's solid plastic and through wire the very first one I made was wood just to try it out played around with that one that took a little while to get that one working I usually start with wood when I design a bait anyway. And that one got sold at the muskie show a bunch of years ago for an auction for some something. I can't remember what it was, but that was the very first one. And I kind of went from there and did some hand pouring and played around with it like that. And once I got it dialed in, weighting is extremely critical on the thing. Uh, there is internal weights in it and uh, then the rattles well that was fairly easy to do if it's a two part 2 piece like a bass style they have two pieces they put some parts inside and glue it together well this one being solid plastic I have three different rattle chambers inside and each one is different than the other with different leads, different diameter of holes different depth of holes I went for the different sounds and frequencies instead of really loud wake the dead type of a rattle. And then I also I said I wanted it to sink slower. And the I like to make things personal, so that's why I added the weight insert. That if you wanted to sink like a rock, you just screw some weight into it. That was one of the things that I that I like to do with them. And that's uh, a through wire. The it, it's, it's line t- double line tie is hooked up with the through wire, and it's all molded in together. So it's, it's not just in there. It's all tied together internally. And the with the double line tie, <laughs> the original wood one was only a single line tie. That was actually a screw rise in the wood one. But the double line type, when all my experimenting, I found that the line type placement was very critical, and it really changed the way the lure worked. And anybody who's worked at making lipless crankbaits have, has figured out that the more you get to the back, the more of the floppy, floppy type of a thing it is. And it was well worth my time to try to, you know, see what I could do And little, little designing, a little, my friends over at that do some uh, water jetting, they kind of helped me design a line tie, hooked, up, hooked it up to the wire, and it's it runs just a buzz deeper with, with the back line tie compared to the front one. The back one also intensifies this the sound of the rattle, make it a little bit louder, which, if that's what you want, the front one is maybe about a foot, foot and a half difference between the two line ties for for depth. Uh, If you just cast it out, retrieve it the the same way. It runs fairly flat. It doesn't like to dive down too awful much compared to like a crankbait that likes to go down and then come back up as you get close to the boat. And so that kind of helps there, versatility-wise. And if you want it to drop down along a weed line, then you can, you, know, walk, you can let it sink slower. It's got a little bit of a meander on the way down, which ties into uh, jigging. Another option, with it. we'll talk more about that later. But allowing it to sink along a weed line and then bringing it back, uh, if you want it to sink a little bit faster to get down pretty deep, I said, you just screw on a little weight. Um, they, the weighting was critical because there's internal weight in it, gives it a little bit of a nose down configuration. Fast style bait, what they put in for sound is a lot of scoops of lead shot. So that's where they get their weighting and they get a lot of fast thinking rates with those things. Um, and they, but the barbarian, it's got a nice little Meander on the way down. It, it does uh, give you the those options to work it that way. Oh, the, the through wire construction on it. The belly hook is actually. If you look at the line tie, I mean the belly hook line uh, tie, it is turned sideways. And I try I do that with my crank other crank other baits too. It allows you to put the hook on that. If you put the hook on properly, the one hook points forward and the other two point back and then you get less hook rash and I believe better hook up ratio with the hook positioned properly on the belly of the bait.
0: Hey, Roger, why don't we talk a little bit about how deep this bait's going to run on a typical retrieve, you know, guys just casting it out and retrieving it. Let's talk a little bit about how deep they're going to expect this bait to run.
1: If you just do a cast and retrieve, just immediately start retrieving. I can get about three and a half, maybe four feet with the front line tie. That's about how the depth. That's just with the rod, you know, down like you would normally. Most people fish with it. You hold the rod up. You can you could keep a little bit shallower. If you crank it back a little bit faster. You don't allow it to sink at all. You can get a little bit shallower. Uh, the back one. Tying into that one, you're going to get about a foot to a foot and a half deeper with the back line tie. Doing the exact same retrieve between the two of them. With the front line tie, you'll actually get a little bit more meander to the to the lure, a little wander to the to the sides with it. Um, it it it's a little and if we talk about trolling on all of that, it's one of the Things you can do, you can do the same thing trolling as you as as, as you want casting. Uh, you can achieve the the same basic action with the with the two. So if you, if you work the work it back with little jerks and pauses, or just little rips, uh, you don't have to rip real hard. You'll get that more of a meander to it uh, with the front one, back one not as much. The back one you'll get more of a Belly flop, I guess you could say, a typical lipless crankbait bass style type of a action to it by uh, going more towards the back one. But you're also going to get a little bit more loudness to the, the rattle. There's three rattles, all three in a row right in the belly, positioned inside the belly, which is all installed before I even put, put any paint on it. So there is actually a lot of a lot of work to getting the blank actually ready to use to actually start painting to it not a, not just a sand it down and paint it type of a thing but um, if, if you let it sink a ways it's got a it's got a nice little meander to it on the way down so it, it's not just a think like a rock it's got a little bit of a, a wavy tail type of a type of an action so there, there's an advantage to that too where you see if you're working along a, a weed line if you want to drop it down along um you can just let it meander down to the depth that you, you know count it down and then just start bringing it back you know little little lifts and pulls you can get that same meander to it i mean a little harsh pull you get a little bit more tail kick on, on the up and then you get that little meander on the way down. The depth, the screw on, I, I usually, myself, it's hard to say whether <laughs> what line tie I use the most. It all depends upon where I'm working it. it. I'm probably using the front one more so than the back. It's kind of a half a dozen of one and half a dozen of the other, you know, it's, it's you know, more often, I, I find myself adding or subtracting weight to the weight insert. You know, a half ounce usually pretty much covers, gives, a, gives you a, a lot of flexibility in what you, what you do with it. It'll, it'll work even if you put up an ounce on it. You can still cast it and work it the same way. It still has action that are pretty much the same. Uh, even with screwing in a lot of weight, it's kind of a crescent wrench of, of, of a fishing lure. Yeah, you know, it's ca- casting, trolling, jigging. I've got I've got a number of people that have that just jig it. A couple, one guy in a river, partic- in particular, he's shown me pictures of walleyes and and uh, muskie that he's he's caught jigging. And you know, and jigging is you can work that into a cast. Also, that's one of the beauty things of this thing is, you just if you want to stop, let it think a little bit, give it a little bit of a lift, and you don't have to lift it far—six, eight, ten inches maybe—and you let it let it drop and then go again. So you can get that jigging motion halfway down the water column if you'd like. Versatile in, in that point, uh, back and back line tie, front line tie. Uh, I don't really have a preference one way or another which line tie I use for jigging. But casting-wise, if you want a little bit more meander to a lure sideways, then you would want to use the front line tie for the most part. And at least the amount of weight that you put on, you'll get a little bit more meander to it, which is understandable. If you go to YouTube and look up Barbarian trolling. You can actually see the differences. I, I usually kick the trolling motor in, get it up the most faster. I can go about three miles an hour, which is a little bit faster than most people can retrieve. But you'll see that it's got a little bit of a meander in that with the front line tie and no weight. You add a little bit of weight to it, you lose a little bit of that, but it'll still pop off one side or another. The back line tie, you'll get more of a nose bouncy type of a thing, kind of a dive down, dive down, dive down kind type of an action instead of the meandering portion of it. And then I've got one little section in there where just straight um, trolling and then giving it six to eight inch pull. And you'll see it meander off to one side, meander off to the other side. So being on the edge of light for a lipless crankbait. Um, It allows many different retrieves. If you still want that old small bass style type of thing, screw on a bunch of weights. A lot of options there. I mean, Corey Allen actually likes to uh, put a blade on the back, also, in the black tail, back for, and jig it with with a blade hanging on the back. little he likes to do uh it's there's many 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 options with the thing in 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 retrieve style
0: well that would be one of the reasons why i mainly wanted you to come on and talk about this particular lure first over your other lures because i think sometimes people see the design of it and they're thinking you know bass style rattle trap you know, maybe since it's bigger, it'd be more, you know, not so much early season where rattle traps are typically used. And in your case, like you said, I mean, you have, you control it, you can cast it, you can jig it. Like you said, this is the Crescent wrench of of musky fishing lures. And so that's, I kind of wanted you to explain that to people because I think sometimes it sort of gets lost in the shuffle and pigeonholed into, you know, yep, that's just a big rattle trap. That's pretty much all that is. So, you know, we should stick away from that. So I had a couple, uh, I had a couple of questions and you kind of answered them all. I wanted to know, you know, what the typical retrieve was and how deep it was going to go. And you hit that. And then I wanted to, you know, what uh, line tie is most common. You hit that. I was asking you, I wanted to ask you about jigging and which one you use for that. And you kind of hit that one. So I guess to wrap up the episode, let's talk a little bit about the soft tail. How much different is the soft tail than the, uh, you know, I will call it the original version, you know, both depth wise and action wise.
1: Depth-wise, it's about the same. Action-wise, it's going to run a little flatter. It's not going to be as much of a nose-down run with it. The soft tail, I usually run that one on the back line tie, so it gets a little bit more depth that way. You can also add a little bit of weight as, as you can with the non-rubber-tailed version of it. But with the rubber-tailed one. It's more of a, it sinks a little bit slower also. Not by a lot, but the minute you, you make it a little bit flatter, and it'll, it'll sink a little bit slower. You, you get the action of the tail just kind of going back there. You ha- if you make it too crazy an action, then the, really the tail isn't really doing you any good. Because rubber tails are more of a subtle type of lateral line type of trigger. So you want that tail to meander, to say do its own meandering compared to the meandering of the lure. So it kind of gives a nice little added twist. If you let it sink, you got that tail wiggling back there. Uh, It does, I've trolled it with with the rubber tail also. Uh, There is a paddle tail that's also available for the barbarian soft tail, that's more of a straight retrieve type of a thing that you could do with the with the paddle tail. There's a little bit more of the design that, to get that that actually working properly because of the different angle that the barbarian actually runs at. I um, say the, the, the soft tail one a little bit more. I, I would go more the little you want a little bit more subtle type of a thing to it. The internal rattles are different on it also compared to the barbarian there's still three of them but the beads are a little bit different combination and different sizes and stuff like that to go not as high-pitched sound with the soft tail one but it's still there and if you and say with both barbarians if you give them big rips you'll get a real loud rattle to it so it's, it, you can make it loud and wake the dead if you if you want if, if you want to work it that work it that way. there are many many options available with it. And trolling both ways you, you can you control it with and without. I usually can a long line trolling either one of them myself anywhere from thirty not really super long but thirty to say fifty feet fifty sixty feet back is usually how I run it. There's a few people that shortline troll it. That one fish, that I think I had it on a Facebook page, that was a 50-some inch that was Greg Thomas' shortline trolling it, is what he was doing with it. So, and I know a couple other guys that shortline troll it basically in the prop wash. Gives it kind of a hotball type of an action. You can use a lot of weight there to keep it down, or if you just want it just to dance around in the prop wash, just a little bit of weight lot of options there, for actually, for both of them.
0: So, Roger, let's do a little bit and talk about colors. Why don't you talk a little bit about what's available out there?
1: Pretty much, you cover the. You got a pretty good collection of colors there, and I say I, I always try to come up with something, something new. Uh, I got some new colors that I'm working on, trying to get a few stocked up. You've seen a few of them. I think you intended to get a couple of them, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I, I try to do a paint paint scheme that my paint schemes are kind of not as detailed as some but not you know i'm kind of like in the middle of the road type of paint jobs i'm i, I feel i tried to make color flashes as the bait little moves through the water i make I like to see the color flash oh yeah so that's that's my lining and i like to i like to i personally like to use a lot of three about three coats of epoxy on them which is a little bit difficult on the Barbarian because of some of the sharp edges on the, on the thing, but we did it. We did it.
0: Well, Roger, I think you did a good job of summing up what this one can do. Uh, if people are looking to get, you know, their hands on some colors, more stock color stuff. Cause I know at team rhino you can find a lot of customs. We do have a few stock colors and you can find a bunch of regular standard colors at H2O tackle.com. Is that correct? Roger?
1: That is correct. I've also on Facebook and I'm now just trying to get into uh, Instagram type of a thing. I'm kind of a old guy, so I'm kinda of, kinda of rookie at all this <laughs> social media type of type of stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying a, to learn. There's a lot to keep up with these days, there's no doubt.
1: Yeah. That's for sure.
0: Well, I just wanna thank you for uh, for stopping out today and, and talking uh talking about the barbarian i'm sure on future episodes that we'll have you on talking about your other products but for today i wanted to cover this one since it's kind of more of a swiss army knife type musky bait and so uh thanks a lot for coming out roger really appreciate it And
1: thank you jeff glad, glad glad to have you glad to be here thank thanks. you